Well, the last barrier between me and Germany is now over. The family reunion that stood between me and and moving to Germany has come and gone, and the only thing I have left to do is actually move. I'm currently sitting in the ruins of what was my old apartment after letting my friends scavenge what was left of my things, and it's it's weird. I have two more days here in Columbus, just two more days in a city I spent seven years living in, and it still hasn't quite hit me yet. But keep up to date on where the heck I am on Instagram at Nathan.oyster. That's the best place to find me or any of the other socials, and wish me luck, because I guess the only thing left to do is just ride the wave and see what happens. And well, here goes nothing. Welcome to Oyster World. Oyster World. Radio. Hello, oysters, and welcome to another episode of Oyster World Radio, where we broaden our perspectives and for an hour leave our personal bubbles and walk in someone else's shoes. There are so many different ways to live this life, and it's my job to find those ways and bring them to you. I'm Nathan Lieberman, and today we have a chat with my good friend Joel Maine. Joel and I have been friends for over well over the last couple of years, and I finally cornered him for an interview, and he definitely made it pretty freaking difficult. But he's got a cool story. Joel found his passion for geology quickly, and he knew that's what he wanted to do, but his family's social life was a bit more complicated. And you'll know what I mean in a second. Which is weird because for most of us, we have no freaking clue what the hell we want to do with our lives, but have our social lives and family life, or at least have our friends and family on a solid foundation. And interesting insight for a lot of people, including myself, that don't really have that perspective. Joel's tough, though, and his mindset and demeanor when looking back at the rough times is something that I think we could all learn from. But all right, that's enough for me. We'll get on to the show, and I hope you enjoy my conversation with Joel Maine. Like, I would chip at apples. Like, so you would like, chip And they would chip it, and they would go to This is like a whole head motion. You're yeah, it was like a whole head back motion. And you just but my attack like, your apple. Mm-hmm. So I'd just be like... Ew. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so it, wouldn't, it didn't always chip, like, but... So you had the I all really, the braces. I couldn't close my lips. Well... I mean, I could. So you had so much metal in your mouth, you like couldn't no, close your lips. No, I, I like had a... so much buck teeth that I couldn't so close my teeth. lips without like trying to close my lips. <laughs> it was do, not pretty. I need to see some pictures. We don't later. have any. My mom there's and my dad. No way. No, none. My mom and my dad. Literally, I go from being born. There's a video of me being born. God, mm. it's disgusting. Why? Why did you watch that? Um, Did I, you watch the oh, video of your own birth? I have seen it, yes. I would never in a million years. Well, I didn't, like, Maybe I didn't you know see your mom when naked I was little. Birth to you. You know, when you're little, up. you're like, what's going on? What's going on? Why, did you, why were you in a situation where this was happening? Why I, did your parents so, do this to you? Because this is my mom. My, this is so typical of my mom. Like, because, my, you know, there's a birthing video of me. One, that's disgusting. Why would you ever tape that shit? That's terrifying. Um, and two... My mom, during my brother's graduation party, had photo albums out of all of us, but she forgot that she had photo albums of my brother crowning. 
and <laughs> she had taped together pages, and then people had pulled no, it apart. No, no. Oh, uh, that's my mom. Though. Oh God! My mom. <laughs> oh my God! That would be uh, what'd she so do? Disturbing. What did she do? Um, she ran to the album and took them out. I was just like, why <laughs> would you not just take them out in the first why place? Why would you not? Why would you glue together? First of all, why would you take pictures in the first place? That was. Uh, and yeah. second, why would Terrifying. you leave them in? You know, people are snoopy. Oh, I couldn't. That would be my worst nightmare. My brother was so. It was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> he was so embarrassed. It was awesome. Oh, God. Well, um, that's a great way to start. Right. Joel, <laughs> welcome to Oyster World Radio. We're extremely glad to have you on. And if you guys haven't guessed already, this is my good friend. And we like to have a good time. Like to have yeah, a good I'm ready. time. Are you ready? Are you sure you're ready? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of my favorite things to do too because I really get to corner my friends and ask them all of the questions that I've really wanted to ask them. And there's nothing you can do about it. I know. And then I get to broadcast it to everyone else. Right. Really <laughs> so that's even better. So <laughs> we're sitting here in Joel's apartment and uh, we're going to dig into this guy who has uh, what I think is a great story. He doesn't think so. He thinks it's normal, but that's because it's his story. So we're going <laughs> to. We're going to get right to it with, you're kind of a chaotic guy. And I mean that in a really good way. And when I, and I mean, I think it starts out perfectly because you were telling me you were born in Missouri, but you were born in the town where your, your hospital got swept yeah. away by a tornado. Yeah, I was born in Joplin, Missouri. And um, the tornado that went through Joplin, Missouri, that pretty much tore half the town down, um, tore the section of hospital that I was born in down. Yeah, so you right. <laughs> you didn't waste any time. No. Cause and chaos. And uh, I was meant, I mean, I was meant to like tornadoes as well. That's true. That's true. Even though they tear apart where, wherever you were born, mm-hmm. like half your city down, yeah, I guess mm-hmm. they're pretty cool too. But I think that's a really good <laughs> example of, I guess, all of the fun that we've had. Me and Joel... I think one of my favorite memories is when he took us back home. Uh, I got to meet your family, your mm-hmm. mom and dad, brothers, sisters, and really get to see where you grew up <laughs> and do the things that you grew up. And that included blowing a lot of shit up. <laughs> Shooting shit and blowing up. <laughs> so what, what was, so you, were, you grew up in Springfield, Ohio, which is just west of Columbus. Right, about an hour. 15 minutes west of Columbus, Springfield, Ohio, kind of in the outside of Springfield, not, like, I was close enough to the city where I could drive, like, 10 minutes and get to, like, the mall or whatnot, but I was far enough outside that we were in rolling hills, bunch of trees, a creek, cornfields, meadows, uh, a pond, and I, I, <clears throat> I lived perched up on this hill and had three acres, and my best friend, childhood best friend, lived behind me kind of catty corner and his mm-hmm. grandma owned 120 acres of land behind us 120 acres Holy and so crap. we would just explore so all day every day <clears throat> it's like something new every home. day yeah in such a big yard it was awesome it was great and um blow stuff up and just anything you can think of blow stuff up shoot stuff um light stuff on fire and 
just had like a good time. It was awesome. You had such a, you had such what I think is a dream childhood because I mean I love my childhood. I played a lot of video <laughs> games. I went back to your place and it was like being a kid again. Right. So you grew, you were born in Missouri, mm-hmm. and around three you came over to Springfield. And right. um, were you pretty much immediately just blowing shit up there in Springfield? Um, or? No, I didn't meet my best friend until I was four. And uh, you didn't waste <clears throat> that much time. No, I mean he lived like two blocks away. Yeah. Not even blocks. It's not. There's no blocks there. Like half a mile down the road, and. Uh, we were on the same bus, and then we found out we lived close to each other. We hung out, and we realized we both like to blow shit up, and we both like to like me- not blow shit up, but we like to explore and mess with fire. Um, <laughs> so it's like, what was the? What, so you call up your friend, and you're like, okay, let's go out in the woods. Like, what what would a childhood Joel day look like? Uh, like we would, <laughs> what okay, was so, your priorities? <laughs> what, what, what were you doing? We didn't have any plans. We never had any plans. What we would do is we would somehow figure out that we wanted to hang out, whether that was yelling to him through the woods. Hey! Or, yeah, <laughs> friend! I'd just be like, Drew! <laughs> the Drew call? Yeah. And he'd be like, you just hear like this muffled, What? <laughs> <laughs> and this is when we were a little older, not like three or four, but... <clears throat> and then I'd be like, you want to go to the pond? <laughs> and he'd be like, yeah. And we'd just meet there. <clears throat> and then we would figure out, like, a typical day would be going down to the creek, fishing in the creek. We fished in the creek a ton, so we'd have these nets and we'd fish for minnows. And then we would put them in buckets and then head back home and show everybody our prize and then forget about them on the porch and then come back to them all dead and like oh god you just killed so many minnows we just killed a ton of minnows (laughs) those poor minnows yeah we'd fish in the creek a lot we'd go back to the pond and we'd fish in the pond we'd explore the woods we would shoot whatever we could shoot um and and shooting I mean you guys are pretty serious about your shooting well Tannerite came in later and please explain what Tannerite is so Tannerite is this substance that <clears throat> it comes in jars and you you put it over yonder as like a target and then you shoot it and it blows up and makes this awesome bl- explosion and you can feel the re- repercussion on your chest yeah it like really explodes mm-hmm. not like hollywood explodes it tears things apart mm-hmm. when the, that video of that filing cabinet or oh, whatever it did <laughs> that was like up in the air like a hundred feet i know I know. And it gets all quiet, and then you just hear the little piece of metal go, king. <laughs> <laughs> so you saw a lot of shit. You also, a lot of fireworks. A lot of fireworks and a lot of, like, gasoline. We played with gasoline a lot. <laughs> so what, like, what would you do with gasoline? So, um, you know those pump guns, uh, the pump uh, paintball guns? That have yeah. those little CO2 cartridges? Yeah. We were like, what if we tried to blow that CO2 cartridge up? By heating it up with gasoline. <laughs> so we cut uh, like, a, like a Pepsi bottle in half and we put that CO2 cartridge in there and we filled it with gasoline and then we lit it um, in the creek bed and then we ran and, and then it exploded. And it left this crater. And like, of course, we walk down there and we see that it just like left this crater and we were like oh, let's do two 
And that's how it always works. Typical went. response. Yeah. I mean, let's do you more. Have to do three. You have to do four. Right. What else can we blow shit up with? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that was really fun. Oh, I don't know if I've ever had a it's day just like, like that. So satisfying. <laughs> Destruction is satisfying. How often do you think you did that? Um, I went to the fireworks store. Probably like oh, fireworks store. We didn't go to the fireworks store like often because we we would literally buy like five hundred dollars of fireworks <laughs> when we would go. We would save up all. So of you our just money. had at all times this right, huge stash much. of fireworks. Pretty much, yeah, and um, and gasoline. Gasoline satisfied us as well. Um, <laughs> satisfied us. Yeah, it, it met our needs. Yeah. yeah, I learned about I learned about physics doing all of the gasoline work, like. Like go compression on. and my buddy <laughs> so we Continue. got we got a pepsi can and we filled it with gasoline and there was a dirt road behind our house and we poured the gasoline out made a trail about 10 feet long put the gasoline or put the cup at the very end of it or the, uh, the can at the very end of it and then um we lit it and it went and it trickled or it like went very slowly toward the can and then just the can went and just lit on fire on the top, and we were not satisfied with that. And so I was like, Drew, my best friend, my childhood best friend, was like, Drew, go kick it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, this can only go horribly. Right. <laughs> and so he's like, okay. Because the way it works is you each have turns to do stupid things. And, and he, just, this was his you turn. just do it, and it was Drew's turn. And I was like, Drew, go kick it. And he's like, okay. And so he like runs, he kicks the can, but all the gasoline then goes on his jeans. Oh, God. And then lights him on fire. <laughs> and so he's like, ah, ah. <laughs> and he's like screaming, but then he runs down to the creek because we were close to the creek. And he just like rolls in the creek and puts himself out. But he literally got on fire. Mm-hmm. But it was nothing. Like it didn't mean anything. We weren't like scared that we would have died. Like it was absolutely, it meant nothing to us. And that's, that's when you realize, oh, wow, I was stupid. So, what was the stupidest thing you did? Um, I know it's hard to pick one. Right. You can tell more if you want. Uh, I, you, you, you kind of you set a, a boundary on things you will do, um, but I try like to convince other people to do those things that you won't. So you, I usually, is a powerful yeah, thing. I usually didn't do too many stupid things. I did many stupid things, but not like really stupid. I did. We made a makeshift <clears throat> sled, and they had just cut the cornfield down, but the stalks were still like a half a foot sticking out of the ground. Uh-huh. And this sled had like a slant to the front of it, and I was. It was my turn, so <clears throat> I got on the sled. It was a wood sled, not in winter. And we had a four-wheeler pulling this sled with a rope, and the corn stalks, um, like, I have, I had bruises that were, like, just linear bruises down my face. Just down your face down from, face, the, corn from the corn stalks smacking you, you in the face. Because we were going really fast, and then we got into the field, and it was just like, like, just smacked me in the face. Oh, it hurt so I can imagine getting, it's like getting... Slapped with a stick yeah. going 40 miles an hour yeah. a thousand times. Yeah. In a I let minute. go very quickly. <laughs> it hurt so bad. Oh, and it was your time. The stupidest thing that I think I ever did was we, my, my buddy Drew and I, we would play uh, 
BB gun wars, and we wouldn't wear goggles or helmets or anything. Jesus. We would literally just shoot each other. And then finally, I, I got close enough where I hit Drew's eye, like right here. Oh. Um, like right below his eye. Yeah, right below his eye. Um, and he's like, okay, okay. I don't think we should do this anymore. (laughs) I was like, well, you're probably right. Yeah, but he called surrender first, so technically you won. Yes, yes, you're right. (laughs) If Drew's listening, Joel won. Sorry, I shouldn't have given up. Right. He got me many times, so. I'm sure. I will give him that. I'm sure it, for as many things, as many times you got hit with corn stalks, Mm-hmm. He got lit on fire. Yeah. And it just kept on going back and yep. forth. So, I mean, it sounds like you had a, when you talk about your childhood, you had a lot of fun. It yeah. was a lot of outdoors. It was a lot of, um, your neighbors had a lot of, a lot of land. Yep. Springfield <clears> was a little bit more rural. Um, rural. I guess that's, rural. How, I guess that's the way of saying it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. I was just going to let it go. Like, I swear I can speak English, right. but we're just going to, we're just going to pass on that. Um, I swear I have my own podcast. Um, <laughs> so you, rural. When you have, <laughs> rural. Ah, here we go. God damn anyway. it. Anyway. Um, sounds like you had a good ass childhood. And I, I think that's kind of what sets you up with today. You're a big prankster, too. Especially our friend Julio, which we've had on the podcast before. Yes. Um, but he. <laughs> Julio's reactions are what make me want to prank him. I think um, you just feed on the anxiety of others. Like, you can pick out who would be the most anxious in the group and then just target them relentlessly. You have him to the point where. He will just not see you. You like went into the other room to like grab a beer or something mm. and be like, where's Joel? He's like searching around corners <laughs> and stuff, like feeling the side. Where's Joel? I know he was around here somewhere. <clears throat> right. He, yeah, he came out of my bathroom the other day and he opened the door and he didn't see me. And he like reaches around the bathroom corner to feel for me. And then he comes around the corner and sees me. He's like, dude, you have me so anxious right now. You have me always on my toes. I know. <laughs> and I will tackle your less. Like, and it's about like, a 50-50 shot, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, half and half, you're hiding, and half you're not. So mm-hmm. he just has to be on edge all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's just who you are. Yeah. You, you, like, you make things interesting. Yeah. I gotta say that. I'm, 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 I guess I'm... I get it from my mom. <clears throat> it's your mom. It's not your dad. Oh, oh yes. It's my, well, I get, like, I get it from both. Like, my dad loves to scare... But my mom is real playful, and she likes to pull pranks a lot. Like, my mom was the one that taught me how to TP and taught me how to fork and taught me how to saran wrap cars. She, we went to my... All the good old neighborhood pranks. Yeah, my first time going to somebody's house and not ding-dong ditching them. It was kind of the opposite. We kind of ding-dong super-soaked them. <laughs> so you, you rang the doorbell, wait till they walked outside, right. and then just squirted them So my water. mom was friends with my first-grade teacher. And so we went and rung the doorbell, and my first-grade teacher's husband saw us outside, and so he knew what was going on. And so he shoves his wife outside. <laughs> <laughs> like every good man should do. And oh, I know what's happening. I just, you go. Right? And so we all just, like, soak her with super soakers. And I was, like, just, I, I, did, I was really young, and I just didn't know I should stop. So I just, like, kept super soaking. My mom's, like, stopping me from doing it. I was like, oh, 
<laughs> I like how your mom was there leading the charge. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, okay, okay, idea. she's had enough. All right, a yeah. little bit more. A little, okay, she's, she's like, she, she takes it to another level. Like, she'll put sardines under, so, like, you know how under your car you have, like, a, a like that wire and then that foam? There's, like, a wire um, mesh almost, like, in, and then there's foam. If you go under the seat of the car. Okay, under the seat of the car. She would put sardines between that. So they oh, would so smell, you can't see and it. so you could never find them. You could never find them, and then they just smell really bad right. forever. She did that to. Oh, them. that's cruel. With my mom. That's so she cruel. goes above and beyond. <laughs> what did you do so bad to piss her off that she put sardines in your car? Well, it's not that she you pissed her off. It's that you started something. You started a prank, and my mom will take it. Like we'll finish it. She will finish the dang prank. <laughs> <clears throat> that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. What you're saying though, your dad's kind of a prankster too. My dad likes to scare. Um, oh, he's the scare. He's just yeah. We would have a game when we were younger, where we called it the game. Really original. And um, we'd be like, Dad, let's play the game. Let's play the game. And so we turn every single light out um, in the house and outside the house. And you had to walk around the house while my dad waited somewhere to scare you. And oh, You my couldn't God. run. You weren't allowed to run. You had to walk. So, like, you're just, like, walking around the house, like, real anxious and freaked out. And, and like, you, he would let you do, like, five, six laps before he would actually oh, he was scare good. you. He was good. Yeah. And then finally he'd scare you and it was awesome because we were young and we, you know, we liked being scared. And that's, I think, where that love of scaring people came from. It was a combo. It, it was, was a combo game. of both your parents mm-hmm. into... It was a volatile combo. I was going to say. <laughs> you have your mom who is just takes everything to the next level. That sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. And your dad, who just likes scaring the shit out of everyone <clears throat> that walks by. Also sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. And then you get Joel. <laughs> and, I mean, that's a pretty good summation of our friendship in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah. yeah I would say so. <laughs> so that's a, that's a little bit about how the story starts. Uh, you had a really fun um, childhood blowing stuff up, and that really... <clears throat> Really carried over, um, and into what you kind of found your your passion is, which is geology. And yeah. um, so you went to uh, community college to start, and then eventually went to OSU. And uh, along the way, you picked geology. Why? Why geology? So, <clears throat> because I fucking love it, and because. I, how did you know that okay. you loved it? I didn't know. Is the thing I had to. I went to my advisor. And I remember, like, I remember the decision that I made that took me toward geology. And it was that I was sitting in my um, college advisor's office, and I needed to take a science and uh, a, a science sequence. And it was between biology and geology. And I was like, well, country boy Springfield doesn't know what geology is. <clears throat> and I'm like, what's geology? And she's like, well, it's the study of rocks. And I was like, I'll do that. <laughs> Immediately, just yeah, like, yeah, that I was sounds great, I'm in. Always in the creek, collecting rocks, collecting fossils, looking at all this stuff. And she's like, it's rocks. I was like, oh, rocks? That's something you can study? Like, so, yeah, yeah, and then you were kind of on board since then. Well, I, I, I wasn't like, you know, I was excited. I was like, oh, cool. Like, didn't know this was a thing. And I knew about geology and, like, you know, tectonics and stuff like that, but I didn't know, like, the extent of what it was. And so I took the course, and I had a really awesome um, professor, Dave Miller, and he would have, he would relate geology to current day events, and 
kind of tell you like why it's important to know geology. And so it was therefore relevant to me and I was really good at it. Like I would, and I like to read the textbook. Like that never happened to me. Wow, that's some serious and nerd. And I was just like, this is, yeah, I know. <laughs> that's I some know. serious nerd. I was like, whoa, this is interesting. So what would happen, we'd have a discussion-based class, and I had to read the chapter before, and I would just write all my questions down in the book when I would, uh, there, and then I would just, we'd have, he would ask a question, and we would answer, and then it would just go back and forth, back and forth, until we went through all the subjects in the book. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, at one point, and I think it was my third class with him, he, I raised my hand, and like, because I loved it, and I would always raise my hand because I wanted to know that I knew it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, I guess. Um, and then he'd be like, "Well, I don't think you're paying enough, Joel." It's like, "All right, all right, I'm good at this. I'm good at this." I was, so I, I realized pretty much the first class when it was relevant to me, and I knew that I liked it, and I knew that I was excited to read the textbook, which was just never happened to me, like ever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is cool, so I'll pursue it. So I started looking for options after Clark State Community College. Um, and I started talking to some people, and they said that field camp, which is usually the capstone course in geology, is very important. <clears throat> so I started researching what the best field camps were, and Ohio State kept coming up. Ohio State kept coming up. And I looked into Ohio State, I applied, I had really good grades. And I got accepted, and I came to Ohio State. And then I had, like, a hiatus for a year with no geology, no nothing, just gen eds. And then I got into the geology sequence. Good, good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so the reason why I really wanted you to come on, too, is I, I love this story. There's, like, two different tales of self-discovery happening at the same exact time. And one is this, this is so a part of you, geology. Like, you just love rocks. Every time I come into your office when we were working up at Cell together, you're just littered with rocks. You'd always have new ones yeah. and finding stuff out. And then there was, like, this other side. And um, <laughs> how you told me over a ping-pong match at Patel was also one of my favorites because you just said it, but you're also gay. Mm-hmm. And um, I know that definitely still in this time in the U.S., a lot of ways that's still un- unaccepted or not, there's still some stigma around it. Right. Or as far as I can tell, I don't know. I'm not gay. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> it was kind of something that you also had to discover about yourself, too, in the exact same time that you found your geology. So when, mm-hmm. when did you start knowing <clears throat> that you were gay or having, you know, like when were you starting to explore and start to feel it out? So, my first thought, my first, like, gay thought. I'm sorry. Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's weird, because I can remember my first gay thought. um, Was riding in the van when I was really young. I don't even know how old I was. uh, But I was pretty young. And... I mean, I'm sure this happened for you when you were young. You always thought, like, what, what, what does a girl look like naked? And mm-hmm. I thought, oh, what does a guy look like naked? I was really young, but I didn't even know what it was. It was just, like, natural. And I was like, oh, oh well. I'm supposed to like girls. Yeah. It was... <laughs> my mom told me the other day that she had a gay talk with me. 
And really? I, I had no idea. I have no recollection with this, though. I was like a late bloomer. Like, all my friends were starting to like girls. And I was gonna, like, eh. <laughs> like, they still have cooties and shit. I and she did. She, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> She's like, you know, Nate, if, uh, if you like boys, you can say it. I was like, what? <laughs> That's awesome, though. That's so great that she, like, gave you that option. But it's, like, such a weird time of just... Of course it's like, a weird time. growing up and figuring it out. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's totally weird. You're going through, like, the puberty crap and... Especially because, I mean, you're always supposed to like girls. You dream about well, getting yeah, married to girls one day. Norms. Societal norms and stuff. Mm-hmm. So you have this first gay thought. And then, like, what was the process from there in your head? Well, it was kind of ignored. Um, I didn't think much of it um, for years. And then I got into high school. And, well, I guess it was before high school. I mean, there were obviously points where I could question it. But I got into high school, and that's when I was like, okay, I'm probably bisexual. What, what was like, when did you come to that realization? Was there like a moment or is it just kind of like, yeah? <clears throat> it was right. not for me. It wasn't like a moment. It was just kind of, and you know, I'm a, I feel like I'm a, I'm a late bloomer gay and realizing, realizing it, but um, it, it was just the fact that I knew that I was a, attracted to guys. I thought they were good looking. And, but at the same time, I had this crush on this girl in high school because I had a blast with her. And I don't, I realize now that it was just because I just wanted to hang out with her because she was fun and I didn't want to make out with her or anything like that. I just wanted to hang out because like she was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure like at the time it was, you didn't didn't really know what that is or yeah. I really know the difference. And I mean, it was probably because I was like conflicted don't want to be gay because you know it's not the norm and but but I know I'm attracted to guys so how do I deal with that and I didn't um because my parents were really religious and because I just didn't accept it myself yeah and I'm sure yourself was definitely the first part and for it it's crazy because it's almost like you kind of had it backwards because most people have no idea what they what they want to do with their life, and then mm-hmm. most people sexuality are like, yeah, I like girls. That's easy done. You're opposite. You hit geology. You're like, yes, this is exactly what I want to do, and then you're kind of trying to figure out like, okay, there's all these right. other <clears throat> other things going on at the same time. Was it? Um, and I know for a lot of people they. If they're uncertain about one thing, they kind of draw into the other. Was that the same for you? Was that the reason why you studied so hard in geology? Right. Was it kind of... I, I, I did. I used geology as kind of like a scapegoat, especially in college. When I knew I was gay, I just didn't want to deal with it. Um, I would study. I, I worked four jobs at one time, and I was the geology four club jobs? president. Yeah, it was stupid. Holy it was crap. stupid. It was stupid. It's not impressive. It was stupid. Did you have any time to do I didn't anything? Have, no, my undergrad was crazy. My graduate career was relaxing compared to my undergrad because Ooh. I had done. I did. I paid for half of my college, um, and then the rest of it was um, paid for by loans that I got from FAFSA. And then, um, at one point for a three-month period, I worked four jobs. It was insurance, catering. Um, I did. There's. What is it? I did 
insurance catering i was a server at fish's big boy and that's a lot already. i was a ta yeah holy TA. crap and tas <clears throat> that's a lot of work just yeah. by themselves and so i was an undergrad ta and it was, it was that was my favorite one it was fun but i did i, I used it as a scapegoat i so would, what was kind of going on that you wanted to escape from well I didn't want to deal with it because I didn't want to talk to my parents about it because my parents were super religious and I didn't think they would accept it and I just didn't want to... And I knew I really liked geology, so I was like, okay, well, I really like it. I'm just going to pour myself into it. I mean, I did hang out with people. I was in a fraternity. I was the president of the geology club. I was the president of the AAPG club. I, I did a lot of stuff. And I did research, undergrad research, but... Think all I kept myself busy so I wouldn't have to deal with it and then I got into grad school and I wasn't so busy and I was like I think I you know kind of need kind of just like I wasn't expecting to come out I was coming back from the field um, on an airplane and I watched this documentary called don't ask don't tell mm-hmm. and it was fucked up I was just pissed people were killing themselves because they were getting kicked out of the army and that's like their life and they were getting kicked out of the army because they were gay no other reason and their whole family's lineage was like everybody was in the army that's like all they knew is like what what else you know do they have and they were killing themselves and i was like i thought to myself and, and and i don't i don't think this anymore but i thought to myself if i'm not out i'm saying that there's something wrong with it there's a time and place for everybody to come out but for me, that was it. I was like, you know what? I'm telling people I think there's something wrong with it by not letting them know. And so I told myself, I'm telling my parents the weekend after I land. And so I landed on, I think I landed on a Sunday or something like that. I came back to my apartment and got drunk with my roommate and told him. I mean, exactly what you should do. Yeah, and it was Matt. <laughs> And uh, we were both... Shout out to Matt. Yep. Good guy. Yeah, he's an awesome guy. <laughs> we were both, like, laying on the couch, and he was drunk, and I was both of our couches, and uh, and I was like, Matt? He's like, what? And I was like, I'm gay. And he goes, what? I was like, I'm gay. He goes, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I can totally see right. him saying that, too. <laughs> it was awesome. It was like the... You know, I couldn't have asked for a better response to, like, the first person I ever came out Was with. that what kind of gave you confidence to keep going? Yeah, I mean, I, that's, yeah, Matt was, Matt was pivotal, definitely, for me coming out to people. Because I realized, like, he doesn't care. And I figured he wouldn't care. But that just, like, confirmed it. And so anyone now that I thought might not care, I wasn't scared to tell. Right. Um, but that was, like, a Wednesday because I drank a lot when I was that age. And... <laughs> I mean, um, grad school. Yeah. It's and, like still college. It counts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um, that Friday, I left to go home, specifically to go home to tell my parents that I was gay. Um, and we, I got home and, like... What was that car ride like? So, like, For the me? hour... Yeah. Um... Like, how did you, did you have to, like, psych yourself up? It's, it's, I, it's hard to tell my parents that I got, like, a bad grade in high school. Right. Um, 
so this is something that I can <clears throat> I can't even really relate to. So right. what, what was kind of I kind of have a strategy of not thinking about it until it happens. So I didn't really think about it. I was just gonna go home. I was like, what are we gonna do? We're gonna hang out like normal. I'm, I just didn't think that I was going to go out to them, but I, I, I knew that before I left, I had a goal before I left, I was going to tell them. Whether that was during the beginning, toward the end, which naturally that's what happened, mm-hmm. um, or in the middle. It you think just, that really helped you too to have that to goal? Tell them. Oh yeah, I made sure that, that I would not leave home until I tell, told them. Mm-hmm. And then to help me was thinking back to that documentary about all those people's lives that were ruined because of the stigma. And I was just like, I'm not going like, to, I'm not like doing this for them. I'm obviously doing it for me, but they completely helped me come out, like people's, other people's stories. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, all right, it's good motivation. And so I used that to tell my parents, and it sucked. because Yeah, because this is kind of like the point of no return, right? It's right, um, what right. you tell them, then it's said. Right, and my parents, like, when <clears throat> when I was younger, they, they would say n- not like nasty, nasty things about gay people, but they weren't friendly things. And it was just because you know you're not exposed to that when you're in Ohio or in Ohio, in um, Springfield, oh, I hope Ohio. So, in Ohio. <laughs> right, I know, especially <laughs> Columbus, yeah. some gay mecca of the Midwest. Yeah, definitely. But. Um, in Springfield, Ohio, you're not really exposed to that. Either you might know one or two people, or your hairdresser might be a, a gay person. But other than that, you're not really expo- exposed to, you know, different variety of gay people. So you don't really, you have all these stereotypes, because that's all you have to base your knowledge off of. But anyway, I, it was toward the end of my visit, and I was going to head home. And so I was like, Mom, and my mom... Um, obviously she loves me and she thinks that um, she thinks that you know I was the youngest and so she's like we have you know we got a special bond and blah 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 and you know we we do but she as soon as like mom I have something to tell you she like came over to me wrapped her arms around me she's like what is it and I was just like Oh God! <laughs> oh, you're not making this easy. No, that's not easy. No. That's tough. She's like, "What is it? Come on, tell." I was like, "We need." Oh. To, I was like, "We need to sit down." I yeah. was like, "Can you get Dad?" And I was like, "Dad, I need you to come up here too." And so we sat down at the kitchen table, and um, I remember just not knowing how to say it. Yeah. I never know how to say it, like how I told you. I just say it. Yeah. And it was the best way to do it. Right. I just say it. Because, like, I don't know how to say it. I'm not going to be eloquent about it because that's just not me. Yeah. Um. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those moments where, I mean, words can't even describe what what, what you have to do. Yeah. Um, I mean, what am I know? I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. But hard hard hard. moments and hard Right. It's just the same thing. I mean, it's not any any different than any other kind of struggle. You just... You have to tell somebody something you don't want to tell them. Yeah. Because you know it'll be beneficial to you. Yeah. So I was like, Mom and Dad, I'm gay. And it was just like silence, you know, they're processing what I just said. And then I don't really remember the conversation that happened. All I know, I think my mom started crying and my dad was just silent. And it was, 
it was weird because you feel like you're dying, even though you know you're not, because it's it's such a it's such a big deal to them, and especially my mom. And I understand this now; I didn't then. That she was devastated because she thought that I wasn't going to enter the kingdom of God and live with her forever, and that was that was virtually kind of like kind of like me dying in a way because I'm not going to enter the kingdom of God with her because that's a sin to her and that's like a perpetual sin that you will not enter the kingdom for mm-hmm. and so I, I kind of realized like how it was so devastating to her now and I mean now like I think some of her beliefs have like altered um, but then it was just a big blow and I didn't realize it then and of course I was pissed like why are you crying it's not, not, not like I'm dying yeah. But, you know, I didn't understand where she was coming from, um, and now I do, and now I'm not, like, mad about it, because I, I, I get it, because I grew up with religion, I know all about religion, I was a youth, um, was a youth uh, music leader, and I would go to church every Sunday and youth group every Sunday night, mm-hmm. and, like, it's not, I don't, I don't think religion is bad, I just think that you need to be able to choose what's right and wrong and what's loving and what's hate and think for yourself and not blindly follow something because it's written down by a human. Yeah, and I give you a ton of credit for reaching that realization because I think a lot of people in so many different situations don't ever see the other side or try to see the other perspective. And I know that process was probably really difficult for, for both of you, and uh, I think, I mean, your parents are great people. Yeah, they're awesome. Um, and it, it was such, just as, like you said, she truly, right. truly believes that, like, you wouldn't be able to come with her in the kingdom of heaven, right. and, um, of course, you're thinking, like, how could you like, mm-hmm. hate me? I'm your son. How did that process, like, how did you come back together? What did that look like? It took a long time. Um, I was very upset at them for a very, very long time. Actually, until recently, um, I held a lot of resentment toward them because of some things that they had done to me. And I I guess I don't really want to talk about what they had done to me because it it paints them as bad people. Um, And they're not bad people. My mom and my dad come from very loving perspectives, but they just didn't understand that what they would say was very hurtful. And they thought they were saying all the right things. And, like, I completely understand it now. Like, I get it. I see where they were coming from. I know that they're coming from a loving perspective. And, and I know where they come from now, so I'm not mad about it. Like, I, I, don't, I don't hold it against them anymore. But it took a really long time for me to realize where they were coming from. And to not even, like, even when I did realize where they were coming from, I still held a lot of resentment toward them. And it took me a long time to, to let go of that resentment. And I actually only let go of it like two months ago when I came to like a huge realization. Yeah, I'm sure it was really hard. I mean... Um, and that was, that's like five years after I've come out? Yeah, and yeah. I, it's hard for me to wrap my head around a situation like that, especially with someone as close as your parents. And I know that was... I can't even imagine how hard that would be emotionally. And then at the, but at the same time, I gotta say, you, 
you just can't. I some. I don't know if I could have really gotten through that, especially with my parents. You'd be surprised at human resilience. And that's kind of what I talk about: is where you obviously kept going. You have this love right. of geology. You went to OSU grad school. You started working <clears> in the field right afterwards, and you you kept on you kept on going. Right. And so, what was it in you? Do you think that kept you going, or to deal with it and handle right. it? So, I want to kind of preface my situation and kind of give it some perspective. What I went through, which is nothing compared to what a lot of people that are gay go through with their families and with their parents, I was a, I was very lucky, and especially compared to like the older generation that went through and did all of like the tackling issues and did everything so that we could live a better, so that younger gay people could live a better life. So I want to give a shout out to them. Like, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Like you guys did Absolutely. fucking awesome. And what I'm struggling with is nothing, but I'm just going to continue what you guys, or I'm going to try to continue what you guys did. So I want to preface it that what I went through was not really that bad. Um, and of course it still was hard, Yeah. but the way that I, got through what I went through was I was, I surrounded myself with friends um, and good people and surrounded myself with my, my passions. And I mean, your family is who you choose it to be. And my family is my family, but also my friends are my family. Mm -hmm. I take their, I take my friend's advice in some areas way more strongly than my parents' advice. So I just surround myself by good people. Yeah, and I think um, one of the things that I really connected with you with too is um, you just so you're just so genuine in who you are. Being gay can be such a tag to people. It's like, oh, well, he's gay. It can be like such a label. But that was never who you were. You overcame that so quickly with just by being yourself, and you it. It was a really hard situation that no one should have to try to overcome these social norms. It and it can, I mean, it's such a distraction, but it also, I think, made you really in tune with who you are, and really pour yourself into the things that mattered to you. And would you agree with that with me? I think so. Yeah, I definitely. <clears throat> I didn't want to focus on anything negative because I already felt like I had enough negativity in my life because I was really really close to my family um, before I came out and then they would ask me about girls like five or six times every time I came home it was to the point where I was like just stop asking me it's annoying yeah and then I came out and nothing for like four years never asked me about my personal life nothing like that because everybody's just adjusting to what is now going to become normal Mm -hmm. um and obviously, it's not like that now, um, <clears throat> but uh, and that was a big adjustment. Like my, I felt like my, I felt like my sister kind of just like drifted off, and my sister and I were super close, really, really close. Um, and now I'm just like rekindling that. Like so. Yeah, I think you really took that in a positive direction, and it all kind of came to mm-hmm. a, a point. And uh, when we were talking about this before, of. You finally got this opportunity to go to Antarctica for your geology research. Yeah. So what 
I, I did focus a lot on my passions, and one of them was geology, another was traveling, and um, I was in college and I couldn't afford to travel, so I used geology to travel. And so I got really, really lucky. And one of, one of the defining moments in my life, beside the choice to choose between geology and biology, and choosing geology, was that I, and I had, I, this wasn't a choice, but it was a moment where I was really passionate. We, we went to, I went to field camp, it's a six week course in Utah, where we study rocks. It's our capstone course in geology. So like, you are ranked compared to everybody in this course. And whoever is the top, like, it is not common for somebody, you get two grades, and, and for half, one half and another. And it is not common for somebody to get an A and an A. Usually it's an A minus and an A if for the top person in the class, mm -hmm. or like a B and a B. Mm -hmm. um, but anyways, I was just like really enjoying my time there in Utah and enjoying the rocks and uh, just passionate because it was fun and it was cool and genuinely interested. And I would ask my professors a bunch of questions about rocks and I'd grab rock. I would always collect the best rocks. Just like, <laughs> you have quite a crazy collection. Uh, I do got to say. It's cool. It's fun. I love it. <laughs> um, and anyways, I would always collect, like, I always had, like, an eye to grab a good rock. But specifically my professor, when we were at one of our studies, um, one of our mapping areas, she had a bunch of rocks set out, and they were crazy. They were crazy cool. And I was just, like, looking at them um, in front of her apartment. We were all in a bunch of apartments, and, um, and we would go out every day for eight hours. But it's just looking at these after dinner and looking at them, and I was asking um, my, well, a professor, I was like, Terry, what is this? And I would just, she would explain them to me, and then I would start to ask, like, well, if this happens, then why is this here? Right. And just being inquisitive, because I was curious. And she's, um, I was like, why did you collect all of these? Because it was a ton of rocks. And she's like, well, I thought this was a good, I thought this might be a good research project for you to do. And, like, this professor is scary. <laughs> she is She's scary. one of the scary professors. She's scary. She's yeah. like, she's, she's, intimidating as hell she's very smart she um she she knows she's very smart knows her stuff but she's also kind of like she like commands respect almost she, she does and she's she i don't she's not mean she's um blunt blunt okay. she's very blunt and that's kind of like what made me like her but she's very blunt and so, like, it would throw you off, and you'd be like, oh, my God, I'm an idiot. <laughs> and then, um, but anyway, so, like, I was scared of her then. And then she asked me to do research with her, and I was like, I, I need to think about it. Oh, yeah, you can't, you can't <laughs> give it to her right away. You just have to. Right, I was like, mm, I need to hmm. think about it. Because I actually had emailed another professor about doing research with him. But then you, you went out of the classroom and typed right away, like, okay, I'll take right. Make but, it sweat a little bit. But, like, she was known to have, like, an awesome research group, and she went down to Antarctica, so that was an option. When she asked me to do research with her, was an option. I could go to Antarctica, and I was just like, okay, I really want to do research with caves, because I love caves. But she goes to Antarctica. And so I was like, okay, well, I started talking to a couple um, TAs that were at field camp about 
about like what I should do. And they're like, dude, you were asked by a professor to do research. Like that doesn't happen. So no. you should take it. And I was just like, I didn't know that. I was like, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm in. Right, right. Okay, I'll do it. Because, you know, there were just so many great options and it's so much uh, opportunity with this professor because she's so amazing. Um, her title for her Antarctica work, she is the Antarctica Ambassador of American Research. The North American Antarctica... What? An, that North, is a loaded title. The North American Antarctic Ambassador to research. I don't know. It's something similar that to is, that. That's a pretty but heavy crazy. title. Like, I didn't even know that until I was my first year in grad school with her, and I'd already been You're working like, huh? with her for three years. So I was like, <laughs> dang. She, just, she doesn't flaunt it, which is cool. But anyways, so I went down and told her, yeah, I'll do research with you. And then she set me off on, like, you know, organizing these rocks, studying them, and that's how my project started. And it wasn't everybody in my... So I joined the research group. Everybody in my research group was... Antarctica based but I was like my own individual project I was doing I had to find my own funding I had to wow okay so you had to do a lot yeah right and uh, so like there were like a bunch of undergrad um, Scott or grants that I could apply for and I applied for a bunch um, and I actually wasn't going to go to school for a semester or for a quarter because I couldn't afford it mm-hmm. and then I applied for a grant that applied to your tuition first and so I was like I can go to school heck yeah alright so this awesome. worked out so I ended up doing research with her and undergrad for three years. And then I applied to grad schools and I was accepted to Alabama and to Ohio State. And I would have been going to Turkey to study these things called metamorphic core complexes, which is just what? beyond. <laughs> so we Fair enough. Talk about it. Metamorphic core complexes. Yes. And then my professor was like, I will take you down to Antarctica again done so i stayed with ohio state so how i got to antarctica you're going to antarctica right well i didn't know i was going to antarctica i started research with her as an undergrad and that's like that was a goal obviously and so every time i would talk to her i'd be like so how do i go to antarctica like i would be like how do i make this happen and i let her know like i am interested and that was completely pivotal because with her I learned later after I had gone to Antarctica and other people and newer people were coming in the group and they were like, I'm not going to Antarctica. And I would talk to Terry and she'd be like, well, they didn't ask. Oh. I don't even know that they want to go. And so like, it, I was like, well, shit, you got to ask. Good thing you asked. Right. And so yeah. I did. I did. And she played mind games with me because she's that kind of person mm-hmm. where I was, it was my, I was TAing field camp or capstone course when I was a senior in um, college and I had it had been on the table that I was going to go to Antarctica and she needed driven from Nevada to Salt Lake City four hour drive and I was going to take her because that's just kind of how it worked out Yeah. and so I was driving and I was like Terry so am I going to Antarctica and she was like kind of halfway like falling in and out of sleep and she just like <laughs> looks at me and then turns her head and like goes to sleep. <laughs> I was like, "Are you kidding me?" It is so close, but nope, no I response. Was, right, which I thought was at the time I was like, "What the 
fuck. Like, but it's, ah! it's so good. But <laughs> after I was like, Right. You are like the master of this. <laughs> I get it. I get it. And you did that because you so knew my reaction yeah. would be. And but she didn't want to tell me that I was going. She knew I was going, but she didn't want to tell me. And I found out I was going from another person in the research group. That's like, do you have your passport? I was like, yes. They're like, okay, good. Because Terry doesn't want to tell you, but I'm worried if you don't have everything ready, you're not going to have enough time to get everything ready mm. to go. Okay. And I was like, so I'm going. They're like, yeah, but you don't know. I was like, yes! <laughs> you made it! Right. <laughs> so you were just getting played with mind games. Oh, I was. The whole time. She does mind games. But, like, it's, it's all out of, like, play. Yeah. But sometimes you're like, God damn it. Like, what do you mean? It sounds like you had just this... School for you was always this really healthy thing. Yeah, school was great. Yeah, and that kind of fueled your passion for what you're doing now. And you even got to go to Antarctica, which yeah. is amazing. Antarctica was crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> but um, you also had uh, aha moment on the other side as well, and the other story, which is yeah. the emotional <clears throat> um, intelligence training that you went down in Texas for. No, no, no. That was here. Oh, that I was here. I went to Texas for uh, work training. Well, scrap that. It was in Columbus. It was Columbus, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was in Columbus. And it's called Next Level. So anyone wanting to learn about themselves, this is a really good thing to oh, do. shout out to Next Level. Yep. I learned a, I learned a lot about myself through this, um, specifically that I can tend to play the victim, um, and that related to my resentment toward my parents. Um, and holding that, like holding that, holding on to that when it doesn't really matter. And so then I ended up learning like just to let it go. And I've in the past couple months been able to like help rekindle my relationship with my family. It's a lot better. And it's been crazy because how much you can develop a relationship when you're not holding something against someone. And so that was a huge aha moment for me. Um, I can't talk about it I just know I, I can just tell you it's worth going to mm-hmm. yeah so you had this kind of release almost yeah it was a great release it was a great release it was a release off of my shoulders and I was able to hang out and talk to my parents like I did before I was out which mm-hmm. was nice it is nice and I have a good time I, I mean I, I still always joked around with my parents and played pranks on my mom Specifically, my mom. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but, yeah, it, it was great. It was a good aha moment. Um, always living, always living life and learning about yourself. So, like, for me, that's like for everybody, that's like a constant. Yeah. Throughout your life. You know what? I mean, I think that was what I really got, and one of the best uh, lessons that you taught me is this constantly, always learning that you do, always curious. You're always going off the trail when we're hiking. Yes. Or uh, yes. doing Explore, random man. crazy stuff and exploring. And it definitely, well, it definitely helped me a lot in Curiosity. how I look at things. And I think um, it was a combo of both of the sides. It's intense study to something that you're passionate about and discovering. And even though times were hard, struggling through and figuring out a path to get back to your family until it kind of met in the middle and both of them came together. And yeah, man, 
it's um, <laughs> it's uh, something that I'll take for the rest of my life is that curiosity, for sure. Good, because next year I'm going on Mount Kilimanjaro, and you better be curious to go on that trip. Oh, you better believe that I'm already getting a little uh, a little interested in that Mount yeah. Kilimanjaro trip. So thank you, Joel for coming on the show. I think that's a great message to end off is to, you know, sometimes you gotta, you gotta follow your passions. Things in life that you may think should be easy are not, and that's true for everybody. But as long as you keep going forward, keep getting curious, keep learning, you will find the right way to navigate through it. And Joel Main, thank you, sir, Chicken for Joel coming Main. on uh, Chicken Joel Main. <laughs> Chicken Joel Main, thank you for coming on the show. This has been a blast as always. Yes. And thank you for having me. It's great. We'll talk to you soon. Two, three, Bye. four. Thank you everyone for listening. This has been another episode of Oyster World Radio, a production of Oyster World LLC. I am your host, Nathan Lieberman, and thanks again to Joel Main for coming on the show. To learn more about Oyster World, go to the Oyster Hub at oysteryourworld.com. If you want to connect, don't be afraid to reach out. Follow and tweet me on Twitter at Nathan Oyster. Find us on Facebook by searching Oyster World and follow me on Instagram, Nathan.Oyster. That's the best way to keep updated on the trip. Check out all the links in the show description and it's Special thanks to Charlie Milken for the Oyster Jams. Check him out on Spotify or at charliemilken.com. That's M-I-L-L-I-K-I-N. Thanks again for tuning into Oyster World Radio. We'll be back in two weeks. But until then, this is Nathan Lieberman signing off. I can't take control of my life If I'm too busy looking at the stars And thinking about our time that's gone by It's time for